0: Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series,
1: Real
2: Time with Bill Maher. Yeah. I guess everybody did good. All right, here are the questions from the people in their underwear. (laughs) Anthony, which Democratic presidential candidate should Trump fear the most?
0: So I'm probably a little different from Governor McCall. If I would be going younger uh, with somebody like Senator Harris or Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and I think that that contrast... (laughs) Okay, and the thing I tried to say last time we were on the show, Whoa. go out there and speak to the people that Trump won last time. Don't call them deplorable or white nationalists. Go out there and understand what what's wrong with their economic situation. Uh, and, boy, let me tell you something. That would be very powerful. If, if The Democrats, in my opinion, always do better when they go with somebody below the age of 50. Well, Barack I... Obama, John Kennedy, Bill Clinton back in the 90s. Okay. That would be me. Go for somebody younger.
2: Um... Catherine, what's your reaction to Beto saying what the fuck to the press in regards to their coverage of Trump's racism? (laughs)
1: Um, I think that was a perfectly valid response, frankly. (laughs) Uh, I mean, like I said... I think that was in response to the question, do you think Trump is a white supremacist or a white nationalist or something like that? And Beto said, like, yes, obviously. And it's not just because of stuff he said this week, and it's not just because he refused to rent to black tenants in the 70s. There was also him saying that the Central Central Park Five should be executed and, and still refusing to back down from that birtherism, you know... Muslim ban, all that other stuff. Okay. So, long history of it.
2: Richard Engel, why is Trump harsh on China except when it comes to the pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong? Have well, you been there it's- lately? That's pretty uh, nasty, I it's, see on it's, the news.
0: It's very troubling. Uh, I think it doesn't bother him. He's made it quite clear that uh, human rights groups when they, or, and protesters, when they come out on the streets, um, that's not a priority for him. And I think he respects people who have power and use power, and the reason I'm worried about what's going on in Hong Kong, there is a very high cost to failure. So these people have come out on the streets. If they don't succeed and don't succeed in establishing the, the, the rights and the laws that they're, they're pushing for, they could pay a very, very high price. Like
2: a Tiananmen Square. Like see. a Tiananmen Square.
1: Well, Trump praised the Chinese response to Tiananmen Square, as you may recall.
2: He's he's not hard to get on your side if you just say he's quite handsome. (laughs) Governor Terry, as someone who turned a red state blue, do you think Democrats have a real shot at Texas in 2020?
3: Yes, I do. I think... um, That would be the whole ballgame, right? Well, if you look at the polls today, I mean, listen, the big issue is who has the best chance of defeating... Trump, right now, it's Biden right now on the polling data. It can change. we got six months to go before the primaries start. But today, Biden poll in Ohio. He beats uh, Trump by eight points in Ohio. He wins Georgia. He wins North Carolina. And he wins Texas today uh, against Donald Trump. So we got a great opportunity, I think. That's a long time from an election. It's got a yeah. long time. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Trump's going to continue to do the insanity that he does every single day. He can't get over 42%. He's alienated most of America. He's got his base. And I'm just shocked he's coming out and doing all these things against Elijah Cummings, the squad. I guess he figures there are all these neo-Nazis and white supremacists under rocks that weren't motivated in 2016, and they're going to come out in 2020. He is alienated... Uh non-college-educated well, white women, they walk from yeah, them. We it, have a it, huge opportunity yeah, now. in the way I, I house. think you
2: just did what Hillary did last time when she said deplorable. It sounded to some people like you called no, all his, everyone who voted people. for him Nazis a, under rock. I'm just big, saying...
3: It's a big block of ours. But
2: that's not what it sounded like you were saying. I mean well, that, neo-Nazis that's, that's, are bad. I know, but yeah. every person who voted for Trump is not a neo-Nazi under a rock, right? No,
3: but he's, he's tr- why is he doing this? I'm, I'm, he's trying to spur a new base for him? No, no. I mean, who's he talking to when he attacks Elijah Cummings called more Rat-infested. I
2: am. Go I, home to your own I country. Get it.
3: These women were born in this country.
2: Trump bad. Yes, you go bad. Bad. good. <laughs> I... Send him home. You See why I only watch Brian Williams. I just... <laughs> Okay, Tom. Your book is called The Death of Expertise. Uh, what is the solution? Wow. And yeah, in 30 seconds, Tom. What um, is he? <laughs> I,
4: I think the problem is people. It, the problem with the death of expertise is that it, again, it's rooted in narcissism. It's not that people need more education. They,
2: we, You mean not just his, everybody? No, everybody. Right. We're a narcissist. He's not the only narcissist in this no. country. That I is mean, true.
4: Everyone does it to each other. People will walk up to, you know, you and say, oh, you're a stand-up comedian? I have some thoughts on timing. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's true. Right? Yeah. You know, oh, oh yeah. your governor,
4: here's, here's what you should do about the budget. People yeah. do that because it feels empowering and it makes them feel important. And I think we're just going to have to wait for that bubble to burst where we, we have to start listening to each other because we're heading for disaster. And I think it could be that recession or a war. I, the three things I worry about are pandemic, a recession, or a war. And any one of those things, it, people are going to start listening to doctors, economists, and generals again.
1: Except, to play devil's advocate, we had a, a great recession. And what happened? People stopped trusting economists, right? There are a lot of economists who don't focus on financial markets, but who, in Mm. fact, said that were quite worried about, you know, People
2: stop trusting economists. I think they, they stopped stop trusting, trusting capitalists, yes. No. Bankers. There was yes. a whole documentary Bank. about it. Oh, well, maybe. I don't know if people ever had an idea in their mind about economists one or the other to begin with. Right. Well, maybe the people, people you hang out be. with. But I'm talking it. about the regular rank and file. I think they blamed banksters. But, but I think Tom there was a, a lot, good job of, a
1: lot of blowback against expertise, economic expertise in
4: Well, because they say the bankers were experts oh. and they told me I could afford it. No, the banker is an expert the same way that a Lexus salesman is a Lexus expert who says, you can afford this car. Right. That's the, That's different than an economist saying, you know, running up your household debt to massive levels on a house, you know, that you shouldn't have bought in the first place is a
2: bad yeah, idea, and all a, those guys don't but know But there anything.
1: was a lot of pushback against the Fed, for Tr- example. Also true. It w- and the Fed made mistakes, but yes. yeah. the Fed the also bailed our asses down. out.
2: So. The experts let us down.
0: They did. Yes. Yeah, and I think Tom points that out in his book. His book is great, but what happened was the... Experts, the establishment
2: politicians—not all experts. Some economists said we're going off a cliff and we're we're inflating the the bubble and the collective
0: society of experts. Again, lower middle class people, middle class people feel that the establishment politicians abandon them, and that's why. You've had this. Uh, but politicians uh, and experts feeling. are
4: not the same
1: people. Yes. And
0: This is the other problem.
4: Right. I, I, I was an advisor to I'm, a senator. But right? That's, I, that's I why a, they feel that way, though. I was a right. senior advisor to, US, to a U.S. senator. Sometimes he took my advice. Sometimes he threw me out of his office. Uh, the idea that while the elites—I mean, look—in the senate, me and the senator, I was the expert. He was the elite. He got to vote. I was just the guy who came. I mean, you have people advise you all day, governor. Right? Yep. You, you know, in the end, it's your you decision. Make a decision. Yep. And who who so was I the think, senator you're talking about? Uh, the late John Hines of Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Good man.
2: The ketchup guy.
4: <laughs> the ketchup guy. The ketchup <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, look,
1: <laughs> Trump, Trump ran on draining the swamp, which I think to most people meant get rid of the, you know, palm-greasing um, executives and the lobbyists and the corrupt officials and, and all of those other people who were getting rich off of government, and instead what it has turned out to mean is let's pardon Rod Blagojevich and purge all of the scientists, which is exactly what Trump either has said he's considered doing or is actually doing.
4: That, that piece you guys had today about purging the experts, that is a huge issue that's going on right now in the federal government. Basically... The Republicans have decided that anybody who knows stuff has to leave. Yes,
1: yes, it's, that's exactly what's happening. Right. They don't. Well, want we to... hope
2: they'll come here and join our panel. Yeah. Thank you very much, everybody.
0: Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at ten, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.